and welcome to the Battle Line Podcast, where we have conversations on that collision of space between community, faith, and culture. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Satterley, and here with me is the editor of Peer Magazine, co-host on this podcast, co-host in life, Jamie Satterley. How are you doing today, Jamie? I am fantastic. Cool. And we also have with us here the co-host, the producer, the one who really makes this entire thing work. She edits us. Uh, one of these days we'll have to air the unedited footage. Uh, no, we can't do that. <laughs> Elizabeth, Elizabeth, how are you doing today? I'm so super great. Thank you. Yay. Cool. Well, thanks for being with us, Elizabeth. Yeah. In today's episode, we get the opportunity to speak to the International Children and Youth Secretaries at IHQ. So if you've been uh, with us, you know that uh, in the last couple of episodes, we've been doing some interviews with our territorial youth secretaries, kind of the, all over the regions of the United States. And today we get to speak with basically what we would call the IYS, the top youth people in the Salvation Army. So help us give a huge shout out to Captains Mark and Mariska Potters. Welcome. Wow, that is some introduction. What a welcome. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy they record this. Yeah. And play it a bit off. I'm going to use yeah. that introduction a couple of times now. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. That's really cool. Yeah. You live in the Netherlands, correct? Like yeah. We, it's really great that you remember that. That's really good. <laughs> but you work at, you, you live in the Netherlands, but work out of IHQ. Tell us again, at, at the right end, out at the very beginning, um, what what do your appointment cover? What does this international youth and secretary, children's secretaries do? Uh, what areas do you cover since you have the whole world? And then tell us a little bit about yourself. Let our, let the listeners know who you are. We let's start. We started in August with this job, uh, and basically uh, years ago, I think about five, six, six years ago, they started this uh, position. It's seven years ago, by the way, um, and it was to give uh, the the youth and children of the Salvation Army a voice um, uh, to towards the general. The general wants, wanted to hear what the youth and children were all about, and he wanted to have someone close, like a desk, a place that. Um, that could could be a voice for the youth and children all over the world. Um, so that was at that time one person, and now um, it's a two person, two people, but also a complete section of people that look after child protection specifically. So now, with all over the world, we are with uh, one, two, three, four, five, seven people and an intern at the moment. Um, four people at IHQ. An intern in Mexico, two people in Africa, and a person in Mumbai, India. Wow, that's so exciting! Yeah, that's awesome. It is. It is. It is a dream team, an international dream team. And the what do you say? The, the most important part is child protection, is supporting people in um, writing their policies, in training people uh, how to to do child protection in their territories. And it's also about connecting people who are involved in the youth and children ministry. I think that's basically what we we see. We see ourselves as builder of bridges. It's about connecting people, and it's about um, making what is it? Creating possibilities to learn from each other, to share whatever we have to share, whether it's a resource, uh, knowledge, um, experience. Um, yeah, so connect, it's about connecting people. Stay connected. That's our well, you, 
Will you get to will you get to travel the world kind of once once like the coronavirus is over? Do you get to go around and go do you get to go to Mexico and India and like that's what we kind of think. That's what the IYS would do. They get to travel the world. Yeah, that's that's what we actually thought it was going to be like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there is a little bit of traveling involved especially when you when we are for instance invited to go go somewhere to listen to young people and to speak into the lives of young people. Uh, however, we ha- we are sitting now, and you got. I mean, the listeners can't see this, but Mariska's sitting sitting in our living room, and I'm sitting in in our small office that we actually share at the moment. And we haven't left this place uh, in um, in about eleven months or ten months already. So that is um, quite interesting. Yeah. So there is a little bit of travel involved, and uh, not as much as the general is going to travel, but we will go out and meet young people of the Salvation Army, hopefully. That's so great. Tell us a little bit about your background and about your family. So we uh, we are married for about 22 years, isn't it? Hey. Yeah. Something like that. Well, and we have two boys, Jorim and Kilian. Uh, good-looking guys, by the way. Um, <laughs> and we live- Not at all biased. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and we live we live in Almere, which is near Amsterdam. For people who who know a bit about the Netherlands, and I didn't grow up in a in a Salvationist family, but Mark did. Three generations of Salvationists in your family, yeah. isn't it, Mark? Yes, true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my uh, my grandfather was an officer. My father is a like a, a local officer, bandmaster. I mean, it's it's really the Salvation Army background. However. Um, I did make a really profound choice myself to to be a part of the Salvation Army, um, to become a Salvationist, and eventually I also decided to become an officer, but that took a long time. How did you meet? I'll ask you that question. Yeah, this is a very strange story. So I did have the calling to for officership, actually, but I thought it was a stupid idea from God. So <laughs> basically, yeah. So I said, I have, I make a deal. I said, I'll, I'll ask you if you, if you can provide me with a, a nice, ha- um, handsome uh, husband who has exactly the same passion and wants to end the same calling, then I will become an officer. And I thought it, it, it was it was probably easier to split the Red Sea into two than find me a handsome, passionate husband. But within a month, I met Mark when we were on a plane to Cape Town to the International Youth Forum of the Salvation Army. So that was actually, yeah, I was actually very crossed with, with God. <laughs> <laughs> so that backfired. Yeah, so it took us an extra 10 years to surrender ourselves um, because, yeah, I think it, it was about surrendering. Uh, we we had so many plans and so many dreams and so many ideas. And why throw it all away if you have great plans? But we didn't consider the fact that God is always greater and has even better plans for you in store and better dreams for you. So our adventure as uh, officers start, started in 2007. Yeah. It's amazing to see that. We, we challenged God again at that time. We said, okay, and now we've got each other and we really love each other and we, and we realized that you wanted to become a, a Salvation Army officer. Great, we'll do it. 
However, uh, I've looked around with the officer score to see what kind of people there are there. And we, we, these people are really lovely, but we also want six friends to become officers as well. Uh, we said to God, they literally said it to God. We had six people. And the week after, uh, we were called by, by three, by two couples and two other people saying, listen, uh, we got a calling for officership. And then we looked at each other and we thought, we should have asked for 12. <laughs> but isn't that amazing? And, um, and I realized this is not a story of every day. This doesn't happen every day, but this is a profound story of God actually providing when you're just following his, his, his call. Yeah, I was I was just going to say you're so you're saying that it was youth ministry that you guys met over youth ministry kind of on that plane to Cape Town. And then I was going to call you a, a reverse Abraham instead of asking for like 50, 20, let there be 10 people. You were just trying to work it backwards. Let there be six. Let there be that's 12. It, that's it. <laughs> Go ahead, Jamie. That's so fun. So one of the best or one of our, our most popular questions, I think, that we've been asking youth leaders as we do these interviews. Um, and let me tell you, some of these answers we've gotten are wild. Uh, so the question is, tell, can you tell us a funny story about something that has happened to you in youth ministry? A lot of our stories have been camp focused, but we understand other parts of the world looks a little bit different. Well, so we, what is, is there something funny go. that's happened to you? Do you want to go, Mariska? No, you, you go. You had a story in mind, I know. Yeah, well, again, there's there. <laughs> so there was a story. Um, of uh, That was in 2019. We had the, 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 the very first Salvation Army uh, Youth Hackathon organized in Amsterdam. And we had a beautiful location, like an urban place with uh, industrial design, and it was it was really cool that we were we were able to rent that place for a hackathon. I'm not sure if you know what it is, but it's a 24 hour uh, get together of young people that that solve the the problems of the Salvation Army in 24 hours. A uh, lot lot more to say about that, but that, that was the first. And it was a beautiful location, and we looked at it, and it was about September that we we went to have a look at that place and thought, oh, this is really cool. Um, and we had the hackathon in, in, in November. And we realized uh, at the moment that we went into that place that it was freezing cold. And we had to be there for 24 hours. So all those kids were sitting there with, with, with their jackets on. So one of the organizers um, rented uh, like those, those heaters, like on, on gas. Um, the other problem was that we just realized uh, when we put them in there, and it was getting nice and warm, that all the alarms went off because of the fire brigade and and also the the uh, carbon carbon monoxide possible. Yep. I think we almost <laughs> killed all the kids of the Salvation Army in the Netherlands. Um, fortunately, they all survived. But that that's um, yeah, that's an interesting story. <laughs> Uh, that's a new one. <laughs> Almost killing an entire territory worth of children. That is a, I, I a hope, new one. I hope people don't, don't listen in the Netherlands because I have this other story <laughs> about junior camp um, a, a couple of years ago, actually. And we rented a laser game and the kids had so much fun. Well, actually, the leaders were all standing aside and, and thinking the whole evening or the whole afternoon, Wish I could join in. Wish I could join in. So as soon as the kids went to bed, <laughs> 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 we, 
played laser game all night. <laughs> they, they, they actually they, they pulled an all nighter playing laser laser tag in the halls of a hotel. That was actually also used by other guests. So I'm not sure if that was actually well. I wasn't there. I was not involved in this in this uh, this thing. Yeah, but everyone was safe. In the end, everyone got home with the right parent and the right kid with two <laughs> eyes and two arms. No worries. That sounds so fun. So do you, uh, you have you been to Ikea? Are you familiar with Ikea? Yes, we are. So uh, I, I read a, an article one time about these pig, these people who would, um, I don't think this was sanctioned by Ikea, by the way, but they would go in and they'd play hide and seek in Ikea. And I always thought that sounded like the most fun thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> I could, as an adult. I could get in on this kid's game in this giant kid, but then we might get banned and that'd be bad. There's not a youth leader among us who does not want to go into a moon bounce <laughs> That's right, and do all know, the <laughs> after the kids are done for sure. Well, uh, Captain Spotters, we asked you up here uh, to, to talk a little bit about, so again, you get to see youth ministry across the whole world. And can you tell us, just tell us a little bit about how we're, are, we're trying to like resource share a little bit with each other, uh, where we're trying to just help each other re resource out. And and a follow up question to that be would how could our could, how could our listeners help you guys and help resource share because people care about youth ministry not only in this country but around the world. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, it's our dream to have a tool um, that makes it super easy to share resources from all over the world because. Um, a lot is uh, online uh, from USA or Australia or New Zealand or UK, for example. But other resources aren't that other resources aren't that easy to find. So we are dreaming of a simple tool that makes that possible. We don't know what the tool is going to look like yet. We were thinking about a website or whatever, but might be a team channel or something else as well. We we're not sure. Um, and you're, you're helping if you share whatever you find and you think that might be relevant, relevant for someone else or helpful for someone else. Just share it on, on whatever you have, actually, uh, what, whatever plot, platform you're using, uh, Facebook page or our Facebook page, uh, the, uh, Salvation Army International Youth and Children Facebook page, for example. Um, yeah, share, share. So the other thing that we do is also that we, we create vlogs as well on Facebook, and you might have seen it. Um, and that vlog we specifically use to share resources or events that happen, for instance. So the last one was about uh, the World Council of Churches having their annual, or oh, not, it's every 10 years they do a, yeah every 10 years they do a, a, a gathering and the next one is going to be next year in Karlsruhe in Germany um, and for instance they want young people there to help out be stewards so that so this is an opportunity for young people the Salvation Army to be connected uh, to the worldwide church and that that's that's one thing but the other thing is also for instance we, we share uh, resources that has been made by the Australian territory um, and also we, we will share, for instance, material that uh, Orange creates, uh, for instance, or anything that we can get our hands on, we would share there as well. Um, the thing that we, we found out is that it is important that we also explain that 
people can actually adapt material that we share to their own cultural situation because that's sometimes they think, oh, we have to just do it in this way. But your situation in the States is completely different from um, a, a TYS in, in Mozambique or in, uh, in Zimbabwe, for instance. Yeah. Uh, for, for those, like for the, for our listeners, for example, like the bold Corcadet curriculum that you're using is also used by, uh, because we translate it into Spanish, it's also used by the South America, ter- some South America territories as well. And for instance, like some new junior soldier stuff we're working on will be uh, happening, was coming from Canada. I think if you're right, and you can speak to that, Mark and, and Mariska, please, like, I think we have an American um uh, context where we think, oh, well, you know, this is only going to, this wouldn't work for somebody in uh, youth ministry in India or Africa. Um, but can you speak to that? How, how we can sort of uh, translate it, not translate it, but, you know, almost find the truth in there and still be able to use well, it. I, I think, I, I think the important thing is to, I think it's already really great that you guys actually understand the, the idea of cultural relevance. So that's a good thing. Um, however, we also see that some of the things that you guys are sharing, like for instance, the bold, uh, the bold curriculum, or uh, the, for 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 core cadets or the juniors, the new junior soldiers material. Some of that is universal and can be shared. can be shared anywhere. Um, the other thing is um, what I think is also really great is that we can that that you guys can actually that you guys understand. Um, that your material is actually really helpful to to those to the specific countries. The only thing is, what they actually need is printed material normally in their own language, and that that's the that's the issue that they also uh, that they normally face. Um, so you you guys have put a lot of effort into creating material, um, and probably they would need to 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 spend as much time on, on translating and making culturally relevant as well. So. It is it is quite a challenge to get that material out there. Yeah. I think that's that's the that's the most important thing to say about it. Yeah. It is the so there are those challenges in place, but the good news is that uh, our goal and our mission is all the same, right? And it's all about discipleship and uh, the truths of God don't change. Uh, you know, examples from culture, those kind of things don't translate, but the truths that we find from God's word are the same for all young people. Yeah, sure. So everything that we can do to band together and resource each other, I think is, is fantastic. So I do have a question for you. You oversee um, such a large and diverse, as we were just talking about group, literally the entire earth. (laughs) So despite the differences in culture, what are some trends you see in young people uh, or in army ministry specifically around the world? What I Really, what, what's something that we really see is, and this is a Gen Z thing, right? You guys have already talked about this. Young people at this moment are, or they're not bothered at all, <laughs> or they are super bothered with all the injustice in the world. I mean, these kids, they, they really go for a mission. They go for a cause that they actually, um, that they really want to follow. Um, and they would, they would jump on every barricade. They, they, well, how would you say that in English? They would actually stand on those barricades to fight for injustice um, and do everything they can with regards to the environment, with regards to injustice to people, with regards to human slavery. I mean, those social justice things are, are a big thing in, in Generation Z, but that I see as a general thing. 
And I think there's an opportunity there for the Salvation Army to have people connected to the mission. However, they're not so much connecting to institutions anymore or to, to those kind of things or, or to rules or, or things that they don't really understand. So that's also um, yeah, a challenge, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, like you said, a great opportunity for us because we take part in so many of those same trying to relieve those injustices. So it's a great partnership, but you're right. They don't always necessarily trust, you know, these big, these big institutions. Gen Z is very peer oriented. Uh, They, Gen Z loves Gen Z. Um, And so that, that becomes their main kind of source for all this stuff. Not necessarily you know, authority figures or people that you see who have taken place in that before. So it does present an interesting challenge for us, but it's also a great encouragement. If, if we can partner together, just think about uh, the amount of change that could be affected across the world. Yeah. If we can just figure out how to, to, to work together. I was just, I was just thinking when you were speaking about Gen Z or connects to Gen Z, that is true. However, what I also, what I also see is that, um, that they also they do listen or or connect with other generations as well. Um, the only thing is, what is extremely important to young people is that there is an authenticity. They don't need to be the same. They don't need to have different language. What they need is an authentic example, but also an authentic interest. So also that it, they see that the older people, the, the older people that they connect to, that they also want to learn from the younger generation. I think that that. That mutual connectiveness is also something that they're searching for, I'd say. One of our employees used to hold up a sign in, in her office that said, kids have crap detectors. I hope that translates well <laughs> I, to the I Netherlands. That one. I think that's but, going to be the next uh, poster here. Yeah. <laughs> but it is true. Like, you're right. And you're right, Mark. Like, kids can smell fake a mile away. And so if we sometimes as an organization or as a church just come across as being you know, platitude or just like, here's the, you know, altruistic statements that we normally say, Jesus loves you, smile, trust in him. They, and we don't mean it like they can, they can smell through that pretty quick. And those same trends that you see in youth ministry, Mariska, what, what has you guys, what, what are your concerns around youth around the world? What are your worries? The things that kind of make you just concerned for Gen Z around the world? Well, uh, we talked this morning. We talked to uh, a colleague from Africa, and he said there is this this gap of of young people that we're missing in the Salvation Army. And I thought hmm, it's similar to the to the Dutch situation. Actually, that concerns me um, that we're missing a generation, or two, sometimes even two generations. Um, and we need the generations to connect to uh, each other. So if you miss one generation, the connectedness is gone. Uh, another concern for me is that I think there is a lack of young leaders in general, but also young young youth workers. Uh, that's a concern. Um, what else? It's... Maybe, yeah, maybe when we think after COVID, uh, that's a question that we always get when we speak to TUAS is, is will the young people return? That's a big question. Will they return to our, our, um, our churches? And I'm just thinking at when I'm, I, I, I'm asking myself that same question, will the young people return? But the question should actually be, will the church return to the young people? 
Oh, save that. Yeah, That's I, a great I think statement. that is actually the real question that we have so much money opportunities now to do it differently. I mean, COVID, um, it's not, this is not a, a ra- the wrath of God. That's not what I believe. Uh, uh, COVID is, uh, is, is not like that. However, I believe that while COVID is there and while we are all quarantined or in, in lockdown, God is using it this time to make us consider and think and pray what is the church going to be like um, post-COVID? What's it going to look like? How are we going to get together? How are we going to show God's kingdom in this world? And how are the young people are going to be involved in that? So church, and I think a lot of churches... Great, great yeah, stuff. well, I think a lot of churches discovered that they were not relevant anymore to young people, and that's why they left. Um, so we need we need to... Um, do a lot of uh, reflection and self-examination. Uh, are, yeah, are we still salt? Are we still light? And are we still relevant as as church? And I think it's it's actually a wake up call um, from God and, and telling us uh, go back to to the people. Don't expect them to to come in your building. It was never about the building. It was always about people. So go back to the people. Yeah, and and I. Yeah, I hope we we get that message actually, and we're putting it putting it into action. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, young people, not just young people, all people are hungry for community now. In a way, like the pandemic has just increased that, right? We're, we've always been made for community, but being so isolated during the pandemic has just kind of increased that almost desperation that we have for for living together. And I think if we can. Um, you know, realize, get that into our minds. Maybe they're not going to come here, but that, there's nothing stopping us from going there. That's and probably right. really that's where we should be, yeah. um, is going there. Um, My dream, then, Jamie, yeah. is yeah. If, if the Salvation Army could be in every school on the world. Because that's where kids are, isn't it? That's where young people are. That's where young adults are. If we could, I don't know how, we could have a chaplain or whatever, a social worker or a Salvationist. I don't know how it Oh, if that was possible, we could reach so many people, so many children, and through them, their families, their parents, their grandparents. That's a good call. We want, uh, let's do it. Let's put it on a poster. That's another poster for your Walmart. Every school in the world has a salvationist in it that'd be awesome that's a great goal uh yeah especially we can you can use it like you did your officership things like god you know you want to that's right i'm throwing it out there there, jesus you guys have it in you have it in with the lord so (laughs) you just give him an ultimatum and he'll be like okay all right well since you're um they're stationed at ihq and you know I understand he travels a lot. And right now with lockdown, you don't see him that often. Um, But you work with the general, for the general. We all work for the general. Um, But can you tell us a little bit about his heart for young people, um, what his priorities are for youth? Okay. So, dear listeners, we've asked this question to the general. Um, So he did write a few points down uh, about it. So... I think what he said was the first bullet point. So he put some bullet points down. I'm just, I'm just going to read it to you. It's really, really simple. So first of all, he said, um, nurturing the next generation is a biblical mandate. 
So it's not just something that's cool to do. It's not something that is good for the Salvation Army so that there is a future for the Salvation Army. No, this is actually God telling us you need to look after the next generation. That's the first point. Second point was that um, there, is a, there is a concern around this, uh, uh, disciplining our youth. That's, that might not be the case in the West, but um, we need to look at uh, programs and education around how we discipline our youth. That's, that's a good point. And here you can see the international connection of the, of the general to, to his Salvation Army. And, um, can you can you can you better explain that to us, Mark? Or is this like is this more of an Eastern part? Yeah, of well, the when you say discipline, thing? do you mean like discipling? No, I said disciplining. Uh, <laughs> and it is about, <laughs> uh, for instance, are we allowed to hit our children? For instance. Oh, gotcha, oh, wow, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay. It is actually about that. So. Yeah, this is this is very interesting. Again, listening to this from again a Western yeah. cult context, like that would never no. come across to us. But I uh, for yeah. us the same. I mean, it, I mean. Hitting our children is a no-go, basically, uh, from, a West, from right, a, right. pretty broad Western perspective. And, but in a, and actually everywhere the Salvation Army says it's a no-go. However, we need also to teach uh, parents. So how do we do it? Because this is a general thing. Um, and that happens in, in various places in the world. Um, next Next, yeah, we'd be we'd be kidding ourselves. We'd be kidding ourselves if we thought, uh, listeners, that there weren't kids in your programs who have parents who face the same thing. So, yeah, yeah. thank, yeah, thank you for something that. that we need to be aware of and and know that it happens within our communities as well. Do you want to add something, Riska? Because there are three other points, but I'm speaking all the time. Yeah, well, the general also said youth is for not for. Um, uh, an investment in our in our future of the Salvation Army. It's for the here and now. It's the value of of youth today. Um, and I think sometimes we forget that, isn't it? As adults, oh, they're the future, but no, they're they're the present, and they're also the present of the Salvation Army. So that's really on his heart to emphasize that that message that we should always include children and youth right now. Don't put them in them in the waiting room. They're here and now valuable and they're they're worthy, fully members of the Salvation Army. And we should perceive them like that. And he also said our army of the future will not be okay because adults are living longer but because our youth are taking their place. So that's basically what I said. And um, I know uh, the general always asks for uh, several meetings with uh, children and youth uh, when he's traveling. So this morning when we talked to our African colleague, he said he took out two days actually um, uh, uh, in his visits to this territory to meet up with children and youth um, in a whole week that he's visiting the territory. So he is really eager to learn and to listen to learn from youth and children and to listen to them. Yeah. Yeah, he literally said that he actually really misses the young people. Yeah, he misses yeah. it so much. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that with us too, uh, 
uh, Cams. We appreciate that. Is it's great stuff, and it's always good for uh, our listeners to hear. You know, really from the general. These are his his five bullet points, if you will. Um, what story? We always like to ask this one of our of our youth leaders as well. Like youth ministry is exhausting, right? It's a long game. You know, the, we always say like the fruit, we won't really see spiritual fruit sometimes till 10, 15, 20 years down the road. But what story keeps you going in youth ministry? Can you tell us the thing, something that's happened in your own officership or even before that? Um, when, when you saw a heart changed by Jesus and that just like, that's the encouragement. You think of that story often that keeps you going. You mind sharing that with us? Yeah, well, yeah, I think of so many people actually. and uh, It's hard to choose one of them, but I, I'm thinking of two Two, two people that are very precious to me. Um, everyone is precious. So see, there you go. I can't choose. It's a horrible, <laughs> a horrible question, Matt. Well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of Natalie. She was, I think, somewhere 13 years, 10 years old when she was first in, in when she was in her first dance group and I was the dance instructor at um, the summer camp. So we have a uh, school of, we call it School of Performing Arts. Ta 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 ta. We we theater. Not just in the States, we do it as well. Yeah. yeah. And I remember yeah. she was on in the front row and she was dancing and she was having a good time and she has this. She has a sparkling spirit, so I always liked to to see how she was dancing because it it was just always a yeah a wonderful thing to do. And now, well, now last year I how do you say passed on passed on the baton? Is that right mm -hmm. to her to be the the instructor of the na national uh, dance team of the Netherlands? And in the meantime, I've I've seen her growing into a, a beautiful young woman with a beautiful, pure spirit, a heart for God and a heart for others. And that makes me so happy and proud uh, if things like this happen. Yeah. And the other story is the, 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 the boy with autism, a very severe, what is it, severe type of autism and he was I think 12 years and it was the first time he was able to go to junior camp and he went together with his father um it was the first time that he ever went out actually out of his house and um, besides school and he he did he did attend uh, junior camp and you could see he he enjoyed it and at one point at the end of the weekend he stood just just next next to me beside me and his hand went here to my shoulder and he he did the how do you say that not petting but just just kind of rubbing it was strokes yeah yeah and i thought what's happening he's touching me ah how on earth and so i just asked do, do you like me are you expressing your feelings do you, like do you like me and he said yes i like you a lot and his father stood just two meters uh, from us, and he said, this has never happened before. I see my little son opening up in a Salvation Army camp, and th that's a, such a precious moment for me as a father. Um, so, yeah, that's that's worth it, isn't it? For sure. How about you, Mark? Yeah, um, 
what I it's it's interesting, right? I was listening to Mariska, and I, I I wasn't at the second story, but I I know the first story as well, and I I see all those young people in in front of my mind, and um, I've let the National Gospel Choir um, for about I started it, I think it was, it was fourteen years or something like that that I've I've been been leading that, or maybe maybe even longer, and what I see there is again it's not about your music uh, i uh, yes i love music but i and the other and i could care less it's about those young people um that you see growing christ and i remember that we went on tour to germany switzerland and italy and again it sounds very cool and it was very cool but the most cool thing was that i saw there one of the boys in the choir um struggling with uh sharing speaking um and it, on one of the last nights he stood up and he gave his testimony <laughs> and this guy he was early 20s at that time by the way early 20s he used a flip over chart to write down his life story and that life story ended um, also with the fact that he actually found Jesus, or actually that Jesus found him. And there was a life story, and I didn't even know that. There was a life story of homelessness. There was a life story of uh, deep concerns, but also a story that he could actually share that God was part of his life now. And I thought, these, these moments, these youth groups, these group of young people being together, sharing God, sharing the life, um, also sharing their concerns, uh, that was that was so profound, so strong. So um, this guy is going to get married probably somewhere next year, and we are have the privilege of leading that uh, meeting. Or how do you say that in English? You dedicate that marriage. Yeah, officiating. Yeah, yeah leading him. That's fine. I mean, that's yeah. cool. That's awesome. People, people. Uh, you know. Yeah. Shout out to the, you know, we always say, we always think of that whenever we try to do stuff, we always think of that quiet kid in the back. Just because the kid's not talking doesn't mean that they're not Absolutely. interacting and listening and hearing all this stuff for sure. Also, I, it made me remember while we we're talking, listen, uh, if you're a divisional youth leader out there and you're listening right now, have I got the conservatory guest for you? We have a dancer. We have a gospel choir leader and they're both the international youth secretary. So next summer when we, everybody can travel back, you need to hit up Captains Mark and Mariska Potter. Pay the money, you chumps, <laughs> for them to come over from across the pond and uh, and run and help out with conservatory for sure. All right, now to one of our favorite favorite parts of this podcast, our weekly question: What is giving you joy? Well, it, it, the answer is very easy for me. It's chocolate. Yeah, dark <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> I'll oh, bet your, cho chocolate? your chocolate is. Oh yeah, your chocolate is probably better than ours. Your chocolate is probably so much better than ours. <laughs> okay, and for me, it is the knowledge that on Apple TV, the new series Foundation is coming out in September. Have you heard about this, guys? No. No, no we don't know. So this. it's. You, I'm not sure if you guys. If there are any science fiction fans here, but. Uh, Isaac Asimov, the writer, he's been he's been not, not with us for a long time now, but he's written this series, Foundation, and a television series on Apple TV is coming out in September. That has really given me joy. 
Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth, what's giving you joy this week? Okay. It's got to be Iceland's Eurovision performance this year. <laughs> All right. If y'all are familiar, I love that song, that performance that dances everything. So I don't, I have not watched anything from Eurovision, although I, a couple of my Facebook friends have been posting about it. And I did see, I think England did terrible. Is that right? No point. And so, uh, yeah, one of my Facebook friends who um, is from the UK was highly disappointed. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show my ignorant American self too. Isn't the like the Euro Cup is going is. on right now, right? Is that what we call it? The uh, I do know that. I do know that. I have been watching that Can occasionally. Is that what's that giving you joy, Matt? Playing in an hour and ten minutes. They are playing at six. Oh, so we got to hurry up. <laughs> so we got to wrap this up. Is what Mark's so trying to get, right get to the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I told you that yours didn't have to be spiritual, but mine's uh. spiritual. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got this quote from a from we were at the Jamie and I were at the CLA conference Christian Leaders Alliance conference in Orlando and I I, I took a picture of a slide like an old guy <laughs> because that's what people do so if you're out there doing that don't do that just write it down okay but there was this pastor named John Tyson he says this all great revivals have taken place in times of decline resurrection is found among the dead. And again, I think it just got me because we sometimes complain about the state of the army and the complaint of the war. We state complain about the state of the world, but um, there has to be uh, resurrections can't happen with people who are already alive and all great revivals have started in a period of decline. So when we seem to be a little mopey, sometimes um, it just hit me at the right time in the right place uh, last week at that conference. All right, Cam Jamie, uh, major Jamie, mm-hmm. Uh, better yeah, up. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. uh, lots of things, lots of things giving me joy, but I'm going to say um, camp. Matt, did you say camp last week? Okay. I don't think so. So camp, yes, camp is giving me joy, although also sadness that I'm not out there a part of it right now. Uh, but my kids are at conservatory right now and they called last night and they are just having a blast. Uh, so I'm so excited for them that they are able to be at camp and excited for kids um, all over the nation, all over the world who are are able to start returning to some of these um, activities. Um, and what what a better place for kids to be able to get back out to escape after they've been, you know, virtual schooling and trapped inside for so long than to be able to get out and run around outside and get some fresh air and be around, uh, you know, other kids and learn about Jesus. And so I'm just very excited that uh, camp is happening. It looks a little different now because of the pandemic. Um, but it's there. Um, and I'm just, I'm thrilled for my own kids and I'm thrilled for all the kids out there who are, are getting to experience camp. It's, uh, getting to be dinner time over in the Netherlands. <laughs> and, uh, as Mark said, there's a, there's a soccer or football, wherever you're from <laughs> game happening. So, uh, captains, Mark and Mariska Potter, thank you so much for being with us. If people want to find you like on Facebook, find that Facebook group you were talking about. If there are people who are interested in learning more and how they can help out, uh, where can, where could they find you? What's the easiest way? For yeah, them? I think that Facebook page is really good. You can actually just find, 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 find us, sorry, find us on Facebook. Um, we'll make sure that if there's a friends request coming in, I'll just answer that one. So it's it's Mark Potters with a C, Mark with a C, like like, and then the the the, the family name is like Harry, but then with an extra S. I'm yeah. Cool. Yep. Look them up on Facebook. Find that Facebook group, um, and then that way you can see all that the Salvation Army is doing really across the world. And always remember, you're part of something bigger, even if you're just in a little town in Ohio or. Uh, Texas or wherever, you're part of something bigger. Um, 
That's going to end this episode of the Battle Line Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Battle Line wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out the Peer website at peermag.org or follow Peer on all the socials at peer.magazine. And lastly, we have a sister podcast, which I believe major Jamie Satterley will also be. She's going to be doing it. She's going to be doing a two timer. She's two timing on us <laughs> uh, this podcast here and then with the Fight for Good podcast as well. Until next time, this has been the Battle Line Podcast. Bye. See ya.